Hey there, everybody. Before we get the show started, how about I've got nothing for you, all right? <laughs> uh, there's no upcoming shows. There's nothing to plug. Uh, this is the last day of the year, December 31st. I it, uh, Hit the music. This week in Action. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week in Zoltan. It is episode 315. I am coming at you. Uh, it's New Year's. It's December 31st. We made it, I guess. Uh, it, we're alive still. We're going to celebrate tonight. I am, kind of. This is the one holiday. I will say this. This is the one holiday. New Year's Eve is the one holiday that I'm happy that there's social distancing. I've, I've disliked New Year's Eve, I don't know, since I turned 25, and I realized I got the gist of it. I got the gist of it. I used to do comedy every year for New Year's Eve, and it was always my least favorite set. And this year, there's no comedy. But last year, I skipped it. Last year, I didn't do any stand-up, and I went to a bar and I realized that all the people that I hated performing in front of on New Year's Eve were just now shoulder to shoulder with me at the bar. And it's not the situation I want. It doesn't make me look forward to the new year. It doesn't make me look forward to anything that, other than like that clock striking midnight, closing out my check, and hopping my happy ass in an Uber and going home. It is not for me. It's, there's something about New Year's Eve it's this this desperate energy. It's like this uh, newly single energy. You know when like someone gets out of a relationship and it's that fake positivity? Like, today's a new day. I'm going to start exercising. I'm vegan now. Well, what? This is kombucha. Let me tell you about it. It's that kind of energy, but you can tell it's a veil. And at any moment, uh, they will crumble and start crying. And I'm not knocking people. We've all been through breakups. That, that was me. That was you. And if it wasn't you, it will be you. Maybe one day. Unless you just live a fairy tale life where the first person you met is the person you fell in love with and you just die in each other's arms like that one scene on the Titanic. More on that later. Anyway, uh, tonight I'm actually looking forward to it because I think it's going to be fine. I think we're getting some burgers from Shake Shack and I think we're just going to clock it down to midnight and then tomorrow I'm going to wake up without a hangover. And that's the real goal. That's what, that's what we're, we're really after. And we're going to get it. Um, before we get any further, I do want to give a special shout out to all the people that, uh, that subscribed to my channel on YouTube. And not only that, they joined. Meaning they give me money every month. Uh, and these are the people at the cat person level. These people give me $9.99 a month. Why? Because they're good people. Big fans. Thank you very much. And these are those people. Rebecca Downs, Annette Bailey. Laura Bosch, Linda Roberts, Laura Nystrom, Stephanie M, Julia Vina, Isa Don, Renee Spaulding, R.C. Woodshop, Craig Rappaport, San Marcos, San Marcos, uh, Judy Dean, Marilyn R.X., Diane Norton, Laura Rolfson, Mary Garrison Quay, Sarah Zanto, Alan Nugent, Laura Hornstra, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to help, go to YouTube. And uh, subscribe to my channel, first of all, and then uh, hit the join button. There's three different levels. If $9.99 is too rich for your blood, there's a $4.99 and a buck ninety-nine. And if all of those are too much, don't worry. I still love you. Everything's fine. We're going to get back. I was trying to put together a list of New Year's resolutions, and I, 
I realized as I put the first thing down, I'm like, what am I doing putting a New Year's resolution together? Have I learned nothing from 2020? Have I learned nothing? Do not make concrete plans. You should have goals. You should have things you attempt to do. But when you eventually fall on your face through no faults of your own, do not get upset by it. That is what 2020 has taught me. Lower your expectations on life, okay? It owes you nothing and it promises you even less. Go after your dreams, but you can't stop it if everyone gets a super bad flu. You can't. You got nothing. I love doing comedy. I love touring. I love performing for people live and in person. But I can't do anything about the fact that that ended in March. I've done a couple shows since then, but it's felt fake. Every show I've done since March had this feeling of it's about to be over again. And we are not towards the end. And I can't wait. I don't know when it's going to happen. My hope is sometime in 2021, I'm going to get to be back on tour, and I want to hit every city uh, that's ever existed. I might lose money on it, because I'm pretty sure people don't know me in every city that's ever existed, but I want to come. I want to hit, I want to hit every city in Texas and New Orleans. That's not a state. Maybe they're just a city. I'll just do the city. Uh, Oklahoma, all the states. I know I just named two in one city, but I want to hit everything. And I think it's going to happen. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I don't know if you noticed. Shorter hair. I found an illegal haircut. I, is it illegal? Or did they just, did I go through a back door? That's kind of what I did. I didn't do it on purpose. I'm not a lawbreaker, you know. I'm not an outlaw. As much as I look it with this uh, half beard I got going on, I'm not. I like to follow the rules, water the plants, brush my teeth twice a day, and floss. I even thought about getting a water pick once, but ended up not doing it. My point is, I went to go get a haircut, and I was Googling. I'm like, hey, is there a place nearby? I'm like, I don't know what the rules are. I think they're closed, but last time they set up some barbershop like chairs outside, so maybe they can just run me down outside like a dog, like they're shearing a sheep in the streets. Maybe they can just give me one of them, and I can go about my day. Uh, so I called this one near me. I'm not going to give them away, because I'm not here to end anybody's livelihood. But I called them up, and they're like, yeah, man, come on by this time, and uh, just go to the back door and knock. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. And then I go, knock on the door, it opens, and it is a speakeasy of haircuts. Like, I'm surprised... Every mafioso of the 20th century wasn't in there just getting a shave. It was outlaw. So what they did was they just like, they didn't board up the windows, but they put like paper over the windows and on the front it said we're closed. But if you go on the back and give the magic knock, you're getting your head shaved. They, they will cut your hair, buddy. Uh, half of them were wearing masks, half of them weren't. And I just went, oh, this is what we're doing. I get it, so today's haircut is coming with a COVID test to make sure I didn't catch the cooties, um, which as far as I know, I didn't, uh, thankfully, and uh, so yeah, it's out there. It's very weird. This is going to be an era that I'm going to, I've said it before, I've said it so many times this year, but this is an era I'm going to 
bore my grandchildren with stories about until they stop coming over. Until they just aren't interested anymore, which will be from the beginning. I had to get a secret haircut. Meanwhile, my grandkids are like off snorting Molly or whatever kids in 50 years are going to do. They're going to be off doing that. And I'm going to be like, we had to wear a mask and I had to get my haircut on the side. Just all sorts. But I feel like it's coming to an end. I feel like we're getting closer to it. Uh, There's a vaccine that... uh, There was a thing on the New York Times. Uh, They had a a calculator. You could put your age in and what you do for a living and where you live. And they would say where you are in line in your state to get the vaccine. So I did that. And they said there will be 33 million people plus ahead of me in the state of California. And there's only 40 million people in California, so I guess I beat out, like, 7 million people, uh, which is still pretty nice, you know? It's like the uh, Delta Gold, or, you know, Delta Silver Elite member. You know, there's still gold, platinum, and diamond ahead of you, but you're, you're, you're there. They know your name. They know your name. That's what it feels like knowing that I'm ahead of 7 million people, but behind uh, 33 million people. Um... So that kind of gave me, you know, I'm in no rush. That kind of gave me some resolve knowing that I was that far back in line. Because I don't want to be in the first wave of anything. Like when the vaccine was first coming out, I'm like, I don't want to, don't t- test it on someone else. And then if they don't grow a third head, I'm in. Stab me in the arm. Um, that's how I felt about it. Like the cruise ships reached out and they're like, hey, we're booking for March. And I'm like, I'm definitely not going to be the first one to get back on a cruise ship. Why don't you do that for like a year? And if the thing doesn't burst into flames, uh, then I'll come back on. But I'm not going to be on the first. I would never, I don't have that bravery. I don't have it. I would never be the first on the moon. We've sent so many people to the moon and I'm still not ready. Send like a hundred more. And if they all come back smiling with some awesome selfies, then sign me up. But I'm never in the first wave of anything. Like if I, you want to be in the back of the front lines. Like I remember when I played football in high school, I was on kickoff return because I wasn't good. And if you weren't a good player, they would use you as a battering ram to help the talented players behind you perhaps score a touchdown or at least get good field position. And I was able to work myself into the second row of the uh, wedge busters. Or no, I was the wedge. I don't know if you don't play football, so they. I think this is illegal now in the NFL because of concussions. But this is the early 2000s high school football in California, so you know I had a switchblade in my sock in case things went sour. Um, But anyway, there would be the kickoff return, and the fast guy would be behind me. But there would be one row of fat kids in front of me. I was in the second row of rejectables, and then the talented kid behind me was going to have to like you know try to hopscotch our corpses to try to score a touchdown for us. And I was happy because I was in the second row. I wasn't in the front where the other team was going to be running at 100 miles an hour, helmet down, to spear us in the solar plexus. I was in the second row, so where once I saw the carnage in front of me, I could dodge and avoid, uh, you know, decapitation. I could avoid that. And I know some people know football, like, wait, weren't you trying to block people? No, no. I was trying to get the hell out of the way. I only signed up to play football, to hang out with my friends. They signed up, and that's the only reason I was there. I had no love for the game. I'm a fan, 
but I like watching it from the bleachers. Um, that's how I feel about this vaccine coming out. Like, I'm happy it's coming out, and I'm happy I'm 33 millionth in line in the state of California. I think that's good for me. I'm happy with that positioning. That's why it's, uh, I find it interesting that the people that I read that are like, I'm never taking the vaccine, it's like, why well, you don't have to worry. You're not gonna. Like, it's so far down the line. You are so far not on people's priority list to get this vaccine that you don't even have to say that you're not going to get the vaccine. We'll be on to the next thing. By the time me and the people that don't want to take the vaccine are in line for the vaccine, we'll already be fighting aliens from Pluto in World War III or the Galactic World War I, whatever that's called. It's so far down the line. Like, the people that are complaining about, I'm not taking the vaccine, that would be like if people in third class on the Titanic were like, I'm not getting on the lifeboats. It's like, we didn't have any for you. You weren't in line. You don't have to yell that. Get, get back in your cage. Everything's fine. We don't need you up here. We never thought of you. That never gets brought up. But that's what it's like. Because <laughs> the people they're giving them to are old people, uh, frontline workers like nurses and doctors, and then politicians for some reason. <laughs> I don't know how the politicians... Dude, is there a better job in America than politician? If you get whatever new disease, they will fix you. Oh no, that one politician died. I take that back immediately. There was a 40-year-old politician, this poor man. He... This was actually sad. Not that other COVID cases aren't sad, but this one was. He got, I remember, because I went through his tweets after he passed away. His name was Luke something. Louisiana, I want to say. And um, I forgot his political affiliation, because it shouldn't matter. Because I don't think the virus cares, so why do we? Uh, but he got it, like, December 21st, and he died the 28th. He tweeted, he goes, hey, I haven't been feeling well, just so you know, I tested positive for COVID. I'm, I'm like, at home. Uh, you know, isolating and, you know, waiting to get better. And then a few days after that, they're like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to the hospital, but I'm in good hands. And then he put out the name of the hospital. These are good people here and uh, they'll get me on the mend. And then like two days after that, he was dead. And uh, huh? that's uh, and I get it. Every time someone gets upset about the virus, they throw math at you. They go 98.2% of people, blah, blah, blah. And I get it. I get that. But what if you're just really lucky or unlucky, depending on how you look at it? It's like knowing a lottery winner. Or maybe the odds are better than that. But the point is, like, we all know somebody now and that guy. And just the quickness that it happened. December 21st, I think he tweeted about it. And then the 28th, just d done. Not to scare you, but maybe I wish I wasn't 30 third millionth in line in California to get the virus. Maybe I could, like, that'd be cool if you could upgrade, maybe get into, like, the 20 millionth percentile or 15th. I don't think I could get top 10, but if I could get, like, 17th million in line in California to get the shot in the arm to perhaps make sure that this ain't the end. But I had this thought, because this year has been so depressing. I was trying to do a year-end review in my head. 
what else was I going to accomplish? I said that on one of the podcasts. What are you, I mean, I don't want to put this on you, but me. I was thinking about what I've done and what I plan to do. And I, you know, this year's been good to me. Even though it's been bad, it's been all right. It's been good. I've been lucky. I've been lucky. I didn't have to go get a job uh, to work for Amazon. I'm not driving one of those Sprinter vans, parking it in a red zone so I could deliver someone some new sponges. I'm only saying that because I just ordered sponges the other day. But uh, lucky. I made half of what I made last year, but last year I, I made really good, especially from a kid from the trailer park. So very lucky, knocking on wood. That's what that sound was. I, and at the same time, it, it forced me to do things that I wouldn't have otherwise. Even though I told you that this year has taught me not to be positive, I'm about to be positive for a second. If it wasn't for this pandemic, I would have never put Modern Mail on YouTube in its entirety for free. My original plan was to just chop it up, put up some clips, and the audio, the only reason I was recording that night, we had really good audio equipment set up. I'm like, oh, let me get video for promotional reasons. Um, the audio we were going to send off to the record company, 800 Pound Gorilla, and they were producing so many albums that I was actually low on their priority list, and they weren't getting back to me. I finished the album in November. I think I had the audio and everything dialed in by late December, early January, and in March, they weren't getting back to me. They were like, oh, yeah, we got some other stuff in line. They kept giving me, and I, this is no knock on them. They're running a business. They were putting out bigger comedians' albums. I get it. But March 22nd, I said, forget it. I'm putting out this thing myself. And in the first week, it had 40,000 views, and they responded that week. I put a thing going, hey, we've already got 40,000 views, everything's looking good, we're climbing, it's already blown away any projections I had for the first seven days of it being on YouTube. Magically, they start responding to emails, and then by the time they put it out, uh, I think the video was, Modern Mail was already creeping in on a million views, it's at 1.8 million now. What else do I want? I'm done. You know? I just, I, I don't... However long I'm lucky enough to live on this planet, I just hope I never have to get a job. That's my only goal. That's my only, it was simple. That's the, those are the things. Anytime I, I get bummed out about this year or my comedy career or anything, I always try to remember what my goal was way back in 2006 when I started in comedy. My goal was, wouldn't it be cool if one day this was my job? And I didn't have to go to these jobs that I didn't like doing. No knock on my coworkers. Love the people I worked with. I just hated doing the jobs that I did because it sucked. And took nine years. But in 2015, I was able to get to that. And I've been doing great since. And I just want to keep that going. I don't know if I'm going to be living to 90 or 150 or 34. I don't know. But as long until they throw dirt in my face and play sad music in a cemetery somewhere, as long as I can pull off being a comedian until then without having to uh, deliver pizzas, and I'm not knocking on people that deliver pizzas, I'm just saying that is the height of my potential. As long as I can get it to my funeral without ever having to get another job, it's a win on this end, bud. Big win. Um, but this year I had some positivity. 
Modern Mail did good. Uh, Dancing with Drunks did well. It's over 200,000 views. I'm pretty pumped on that. I got a baby pool, for goodness sakes. What else could I ask for? I got a baby pool to fight the San Diego summer. It was perfect. Jim Gaffigan followed me on Twitter. I know. I know these, uh, these last few minutes have sounded like bragging. But in the year of 2020, there is no bragging. There is just talking yourself off the ledge. That's all it is. Any other year, 2019 and before, anytime people would post their like accomplishments on a Facebook post or Instagram or Twitter, you would just go, we get it. You're successful. But 2020, when people talk about their successes this year, this isn't for you. This is for them. All the other years, it was about bragging to you about how well they're doing and that they're doing better than you, but not in 2020. 2020, anytime someone posted something positive about their career or their potential or anything, it was yelling into the mirror to talk ourselves off the ledge. That's what that was for. Jim Gaffigan followed me on Twitter. (laughs) And then... Uh, this was a weird one. I I didn't know who this young man was, but he followed me on Instagram last week. Uh, there's a rapper named Nasty C. And, uh, forgive me, I don't know the good, the new rappers. I don't know. I learned about Takashi 69 from a documentary on Hulu. So, I'm not up to snuff. I, I'm out. I don't... When I was a kid, I knew about all the new rappers and other artists. Because I would come home from school... I put on TRL, and they would go, hey, these are the top 10 music videos, check them out, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm up to snuff, I know what's going on in pop culture, but now I'm 33, and I don't, I have YouTube TV, and I don't think MTV's on there, and if there is, then there's no more TRL, Carson Daly is selling life insurance now on Fox News, I don't know what he's doing, but he's not telling me, hey Zoltan, here's the top 10 new pop stuff that you should know, so that you don't look old, I don't know. So I have to wait till documentaries come out. I have to wait till people trend on Twitter in the news section. Uh, I have a SoundCloud account, but I don't know how to find stuff. I'm on SoundCloud, by the way. Look for the podcast. Look for my comedy on there. But good Lord, I don't know how to find the new rappers. That being said, uh, a very talented young man named Nasty C started following me on on the gram, the IG. And I looked him up. And he's a very famous rapper from South Africa. And I was like, how the hell? I don't know. I'm going to send him a message to say thank you. Uh, And it wasn't one of those follow me and then I'll follow you back situations. You know those people? I get like 150 of those a week. They like follow me and I'm like, who are you? And then they unfollow me because I didn't follow them back. I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know why you reached out to me anyway. So it wasn't one of those situations. Because this guy has like millions of followers and he only follows like 500 people or something. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, this guy's legit. I looked him up on Spotify and I Googled him. I Googled him like an old man. That's what I did. I was like, let's ask Google. That's the, that is the hippest way I can look up anything is by asking Google. And, uh, he's, uh, he's created quite a name for himself in the scene. But the best part is because of this, I now have a bunch of like South African rappers that are working their way on the come up following me. Because I think what they're doing is like going on his follows and going, oh, he did, did, did. Oh, I guess he follows these 500 people. I'm going to follow all these 500 people, including the cat comedian and just a 33-year-old man. And I have these young, like 18, 19, 20-year-old 
uh, rappers from South Africa following me going, check out my mixtape. I don't even know if they have mixtapes, but they all have SoundCloud accounts, links. I guess that's my way in. I, that's, how, that's how I can catch the next Nasty C. I got to start clicking on these people's links that are following me going, all right, little Shabazz is the business. I got to keep up with this young man. Um, but that it's those little things that make me feel young. I have a very uh, diverse group of people that have followed me uh, this year between Jim Gaffigan and Nasty C. And also uh, Evelyn Schwar- Sharma. I, she's an actress and she has millions. I don't know. I know these are minute details, but these are the things that are making me feel good. Okay? These are the things. They're making me feel good. The little baby things. Um, let's see. I already made fun of the anti-vaxxers. Uh, New Year's Eve we talked about. Watch The Crown. That's what I've been doing. I watched The Crown on Netflix. Um, Emma was watching it. So really, I've only... She, she just finished season four. I think I've watched eight episodes. And if you haven't watched The Crown, um, it's it's a show. Uh, it's rich people finding ways to be miserable. That's what The Crown is. It's incredibly rich, privileged people finding ways to make it look like it sucks. And I'm sure it does. But also, mm, shut up about it. You know? You're doing great. I know you have to go fly to shake hands with Nelson Mandela on a Wednesday and you'd rather be in a bubble bath eating a sandwich, but, you know, you're not covered in soot. You're not digging for coal. You're doing okay. You got a crown. You have a crown. It's over there. You can put on a crown. I'm not saying that's going to dry your tears because it's gold. It's not very absorbent. I get that. But, like, what are you so miserable about? You're fine. You're doing so good. You, you got, uh, you did nothing to be incredibly wealthy and popular and famous. You did nothing. All you did was you got pulled out of the right crotch. And you didn't even know that was going to happen. Somehow you magically got pulled out of the right one. And they're like, you're the next king. You're the next prince. You're the next queen. You're like, this is miserable. And I'm sure their job is hard. And there's news and people care what they do. I can't, for the life of me, understand why people would show up to see the prince or princess or the queen get out of a Rolls Royce. Why would you stand there with a big paper sign, big poster, like you're a wrestling fan in the 90s trying to get on camera on Monday Night Raw? Why would you be there going, I love the queen? Dude, just what are you doing? You don't have family? Somewhere, like, every time they would do a scene where someone's, like, shaking a sign as the queen gets out of a car, I was just like, there's... That dude has kids that are just, like, at home watching this on TV going, has he hugged you this week? No, he's been working on that sign. That's what he's been doing. I don't get it. And this has been... That show has, like... People have always loved Princess Diana. I've always been a fan of Princess Diana. But season four is when they bring her in and they show the relationship with Prince Charles. And I, I'm i not saying it makes Prince Charles look that much better. If anything, you understand his douchebaggery. You understand why he is the way he is. Not justifying it, but it's good to know why. 
because she liked that he wasn't in love with her. He loved the chain smoker with the with the bad, you know, Elaine from Seinfeld haircut. That's who he was in love with for whatever reason. Love is blind, people. Never forget that. And but he was forced to marry this child, and Princess Diana, you know. Poor thing. I don't think she knew what she was signing up for. But from watching the docu, or not the documentary, watching the show, if the things they show on the show about her are true, she kind of sucks. She's not that. Good. She. I. I know. She didn't deserve to get run off the road by the family or paparazzi or whatever conspiracy theory you believe. She doesn't deserve any of that. She didn't deserve all the misery. But also, she kind of sucks. They had this one thing when it was his birthday. And she went on stage at, like, Royal Albert Hall and did, like, a dance thing with the whole, like, actors, actresses, all the singers. Surprised them, like, it's your birthday. They say it's your birthday. And also, isn't that kind of disrespectful to all the actors and actresses that worked to audition to get that role? And then they rehearsed for months. And then on opening night, here come the princess and the prince. And then now you got to just slip her in. You know what that feels like? That feels like when I'm a comedian working on stage and then right before I go on stage, the manager of the club goes and goes, we got a birthday out there. Do you mind saying a few things about the birthday? I always go, no, this isn't Chuck E. Cheese. I'm not saying what I do is art, but I'm also didn't sign up for comedy so I could go, hey, I heard we have a birthday. Waka waka. No. That's essentially what Princess Diana did. She goes, oh, it's, it's the prince's birthday, so now all these professional actors and actresses that work so hard to get here and perform in front of royalty. Now, there she is. She just comes up dancing. They say it's your birthday! Or whatever hell song she did. And then he hated it. He hated it afterwards. They were in the car. He was like, that was so embarrassing. Don't emb- you don't know anything about me. If you knew me at all, you'd know I'd hate that. And she's like, I'm sorry. She felt horrible. I felt bad for both of them watching it. And then, I don't know if it was his next birthday, but she apologized by getting him a birthday present. Or it was, no, it was their wedding anniversary. Their wedding anniversary. He got her, like, a book that shows, like, her family history. I don't know. It was kind of a lame gift, too. But then she has a gift. It was a VHS tape. He pops it in. And they sit there and watch it, and it's her on stage again at the same theater with the same singers and dancers, but no one in the audience. And she makes a special, like, I love you, look at me dance and sing video for him. And he's just there sitting, watching it, going, did I just receive this gift from an adult? They're bu- That's a seven-year-old's gift. That's what a seven-year-old gets his parents as a gift. Just, that's what a little kid does. Like, hey, I made a video of me singing and dancing. It's a gift about me, but I'm seven, so I don't understand how I'm making this thing about me instead of about you. But here we go. That's what it was. Poor, you just, I don't know if this really happened, but if it did, oh, you're making Princess Diana look very unlikable. They're just sitting on the couch watching her sing and dance, and she's over there like, uh-huh. Watch this part. No, 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 no. Turn, turn, turn this part up. And he's just over there going, why did I marry this child? Because it wasn't his choice. A very mean queen, who's kind of nice, I guess, sometimes, said, you got to marry the young one, because I don't think that smoker can bear children. I don't know why. 
I don't know why they didn't just uh, just let him marry Camilla. I know she's not as attractive as Princess Diana, but he looks like a foot too, so they can make little foot children together. Why'd you do this to him? I don't understand. Let people be in love. Poor Princess Diana. Poor Prince Charles. Everyone hated everybody on that show. That's what that series is. It's incredibly rich people finding ways to be incredibly miserable. Four seasons on Netflix. I liked, uh, I'm looking forward to season five. Anyway. Um, no. No, I just got the text. Uh, what else do I have here? Um, I'm done with loud restaurants. I don't know if anyone else is big on that. <laughs> I, I went to a restaurant and they couldn't hear. I'm done with these trendy restaurants. And by the way, I wasn't eating there. I was getting food to go. But uh, we went in there and they just have loud DJ music. It's one of those cool, healthy places where they make salads and wraps. And then while you're trying to order, while talking through a mask to someone who is also wearing a mask, and there's a giant piece of plexiglass between the two of you talking through your masks, uh, there's loud DJ techno music going on. And she can't hear us. We can't hear her. We end up getting an order that isn't even close. It's like we ordered two salads and a cookie which is how I eat healthy. And then she essentially gave us a box of cheese pizza. And we're like, w did you hear anything we said? And she's like, we're, we're like, this order's wrong. But she can't hear us through the mask and the plexiglass and the oomps, oomps. And then she's just like, happy new year to you too. And I'm like, you know, refund. We, want to re we went back twice. <laughs> they, they messed up the first time. Then we went outside and opened the food. Because you can't open it in there because that's where the virus lives and that's where you die. So we had to go back in the, we went to the car, opened it up, realized it was wrong, went back, got it remade, came back outside, opened it up, realized they remade it, not even close. They were actually further away than their first attempt, and I just wanted to go in and go, can you turn down the music? And I know it's not the employee's fault. Employees never pick that music. That music is picked by corporate, because somehow they did a case study that shows people Buy more sodas if you play something. They're like, we sell way more croissants if you play this horrible mix from my nephew. And, and they're not, the, uh, we ate at Freshie, but that's not the only place that does this. A bunch of places do this. Turn the damn music down. I mean, it was fine before the virus when we could read lips and we didn't have plexiglass between us, but it's too much now. We can't even hear now. We can't read lips. Let me write it down. Because you're messing with us. And it doesn't need to be. It's everywhere. Everywhere I go. Walking in Target. It's official. I've become a Karen. 2020 has turned me into a Karen. I'm a Karen now. I walk into places going, what the hell is this crap? This is unacceptable. That's me. Most of the time now. Most places I walk into... My first thought is, this is unacceptable. I don't think 2021 is going to change me much, but I guess we're going to find out. Uh, that's the show for this week, uh, for this year. That's another thing I hate. The last show of the year, huh? No, there'll be another one in like four days. Anyway, uh, have a great 
New Year's Eve. Actually, by the time you listen to this, it will be 2021. I hope you had a good one. Hope you're not hungover. Hope all your dreams came true, and I hope 2021 is uh, great to you and yours and to me too, because I also think about myself. Cheers, everybody. Let me turn this. Oh, of course. I got to log in. You audio people are going to get an extra four seconds.